And now, it's time for Miss Weed Wiki Speaks. listening to Miss Weed Wiki, and I'm so excited to be joined by my next guest, the amazing psilocybin therapy advocate, vegan cannabis chef and entrepreneur, Alea of Alea Alchemy. Thank you so much for joining me today, Alea. Could you please tell our listeners where you're joining us from? Hello, everyone. I'm joining you from Jersey City, New Jersey, my new home. (laughs) But I'm originally from Boston, so I've got to represent Wow. So you're Boston born and raised. Absolutely. I grew up in Newton, Massachusetts. Wow. My stepfather, uh, my mom's second husband was from Roxbury. Oh, wow. A couple towns over. That's cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. My listeners and I would love to know more about your cannabis journey to start. Could you please tell us when and how your journey with cannabis started? Well, it's a long one, (laughs) Um, but simply I grew up um, being uh, against cannabis and um, in adulthood, I started using uh, cannabis medicinally and um, I discovered that weed ain't so bad. (laughs) And um, once I kind of, you know, cleared my head and realized that, um, weed was the source of happiness for me. Um, I just kind of never looked back and I started cooking with it and recommending it to friends and family, et cetera. Wow. I I love how I also would want to share with everybody, like how I've read about your psilocybin therapy. And I, I'd love to know what inspired you to become a psilocybin therapy advocate. Could you tell us about that too? Sure. Yes. Um, I, had such great success with um, cannabis and I had started talking to my ancestors at the time and really um, getting in touch with my spirituality, if you will. And um, I asked them to help me shed some pain that I was still carrying. I I told them that if they really wanted me to be the very best person that they keep telling me that I am, they're going to have to show me a way. They're going to have to give me something that's going to help me get to the other side of that hump that I was just feeling like I had reached a wall and cannabis had only brought me so far in the healing process Um, and just kind of grounding myself. So um. They brought me psilocybin. (laughs) How did they bring it? How did um, they, what was the sign? So in the form of a neighbor, um, at the time I was living in Utah and um, my neighbor came over and she was like, hey, let's watch this movie that we were planning to watch. Um, And she was like, let's eat some shrooms while we're at it. And I was like, girl, no, please. Uh Uh-uh, you know? (laughs) And this was in Utah? 
Yeah, so this was a few years ago while I was living in Utah. Because at first, I'm like, how did you even get those? It like, doesn't even fit with my image of Utah. So I'm fascinated. Oh, okay. Well, I will tell anyone who listens that Utah is a magical place. I mean, it's the land is sacred there. I mean, just look it up. Look up the, um, there's Navajo Nation down there. Just look up um, Southern Utah. Just that whole area, um, Nevada, um, Wyoming, all of those surrounding states they're just really magical wonderful places to really kind of reset and um, discover nature um, and discover yourself but anyway circling back to um, what I was saying is that so um, I was like how'd you even get those like I mean just everything's illegal in Utah (laughs) so um, she was like don't worry about it just enjoy the trip and so I got a lot of nausea Um, I did not vomit though. So that was very exciting. Um, And um, I didn't actually trip. Um, I didn't have enough material for that. But the amount that I had led to some visual enhancement. Um, The colors on the screen were just uh, more saturated. They were brighter. Um, The images were sharper, like as if I had gotten a new television. Um, And so I was like, hmm. I think there's something to this, um, especially because the next day I woke up just feeling in general um, positive. Um, And I really, really, really enjoyed the time that I had spent with my friend, you know, and I was just like, wow, I never enjoyed my time with you like that before. You know, especially just vegging out and watching TV. We usually just smoke weed. Like, you know, I lived in a loft apartment where I wasn't afraid to smoke inside my place. Nobody was going to smell it. And we opened the windows and um, the smell would just go right out the window. So it was just kind of like a place of refuse where she knew she could come and smoke weed without worrying about getting caught. Right. Um, so anyway, um, and I had never really enjoyed our time as much. So I was like, I think there's something to this. Um, and so I experimented with um, a, a pharmaceutical dose, <laughs> if you will. Okay. Um, just after some research and whatnot. And um, I found that I was able to deal with some things that I needed to deal with. Um, and it wasn't so difficult. Um, and I kept experimenting with dosages and growing because I was spending so much money. <laughs> right. Um, and then sharing what I had learned with other people, even as I moved, as I relocated across country, because my ancestors guided me here to this area. And that's a whole nother podcast <laughs> episode. But um, we can talk about why I even ended up here um, after being in Utah. But um, sharing my story with how it's helped me and that helped me build my practice um helping people with their journey starting it and with microdosing and seeing that your brain is actually limitless yes um you can be anything you want to be and if you can just remember that you are what you say you are and for that reason, that is why you should love yourself. Yes. <laughs> you know, treat yourself as if you are the perfect lover in your eyes. And that is how I was able to overcome a lot and excel in my businesses that I've started. So um, it's just, it, it's a long journey and it, it's, it's 
ever evolving and it's, it's, it's a work in progress, but psilocybin helped me break through a barrier that I didn't think was ever going to be lifted. I, and I appreciate you sharing that. It, it's going to inspire so many of our listeners. I know this. I have a question. I've looked at psilocybin and had conversations with psilocybin, about psilocybin with cannabis users and cannabis enthusiasts. What's the effect like if you're not a cannabis user? Do people experience it differently if they don't have can if they don't use cannabis as well? Yes. So yes and no. <laughs> so the answer is that everybody experiences psilocybin differently and everybody experiences the effects of cannabis differently also. So even in combination, it's going to affect the next person differently, but I can speak to my experience um, and to the experiences of many other people that have shared theirs with me um, that cannabis um, uh, enhances um, the psilocybin experience when used at the right stage of the trip. Okay. Okay. I look also forward. for me, I'm, I microdose both as part of my medicinal maintenance routine. So we, I mean, of course we can get more into that another episode too, <laughs> but the way we're, going, we're going to have an Alea series. I can <laughs> And I'm all here for it. So yeah. <laughs> there's so much to know. <laughs> Absolutely. What are some of the, what are the ways you found psilocybin to help people you've worked with? Confidence is one of the main things. Um, you can be the most confident person in general, but once you get into a state where you're inside your head, it does not matter. It does not matter what coping mechanisms you've put in place for yourself. It does not matter. If you get into your own head, you're your own worst enemy. And psilocybin is your best friend <laughs> when it comes to that. So I would say, especially because most of my students are males and uh, they're males of color, um, they have a lot of... Um, they feel like they have to maintain a certain persona or um, that they, they put up these walls that protect them from public scrutiny or whatever, but it actually just isolates them even more. Yeah. Um, and they've been able to use psilocybin to um, just become more social beings and to feel like they can be themselves and to feel like they don't have to put on airs. Um, in the workplace and socially. And that is so important for me because I want some of these men to date well. I want them to have a good life and to have an attractive partner. We all want those things, but we have to become what we want. And it's just a fact. And I'm sick and tired of being disrespected in public by men of color when all they want is just a hug, you know, <laughs> or they just want a female to talk to and they can recognize in me that I'm, you know, going to sit and listen and care, you know, but they somehow can't seem to be respectful when they're asking for my attention. So I'm like, you know what, you're a good candidate for... <laughs> Um, that's literally how I started 
um, sort of, and just letting my circle, and I looked around and it happened to be mostly men of color, just letting my circle know that this is what I'm doing and how it's helped for me, but also just living by example. And I, I don't filter anything that I say or do. Um, and so, and psilocybin helps me kind of make more, like better choices <laughs> so yeah. that I don't have to. Um, I, I'm, I want to be free to live. And if I feel like posting a picture of me smoking a joint, I will. And if I feel like posting a picture of my toes on a sunny day, I will. And I don't want that to be misinterpreted. So <laughs> if you have psilocybin, you won't misinterpret the things that I say and do. <laughs> right. But if I have psilocybin, I won't be all up in my head about the things I say and do. <laughs> it's freedom. So, it gives you freedom. freedom. Freedom of the, of the, the, the thoughts that chain you down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and really, I just want us all to be more social beings and it starts there with being just better, better to each other in social settings and not tearing each other down because we have anxiety or something and we just want attention. We want people to laugh at our jokes. So, um, there's a lot that comes from those first few doses of psilocybin that really just kind of change the way you see yourself. And that's the goal. It yeah. doesn't really matter how you see other people. Once you start seeing yourself differently, your whole world has changed. And, and the importance of getting that to our community, I feel is even more so because like, you know, there's a lot of, there's growing public discourse about the benefits of psilocybin for PTSD survivors. Yeah. Black community, we carry around trauma. Yes. Generational trauma, daily trauma, social trauma from opening, turning on the news. All day, every day. Every day. And if there's anybody, any community that deserves tools to help them get past or to release our ties to trauma, because we just go from trauma to trauma, it's this, you know, and we need it. So yeah. thank you so much for the work you're doing. You know, <laughs> I'm thankful. I, I told, I, I promised my ancestors that if they could help me, I would help other people. If they could teach me about myself, then I would help other people learn what's going to make them happy. I, I, I am not a doctor. Okay. <laughs> um, and I do have students who see, you know, medical professionals for things that they deal with. But again, I am here just as um, a friend <laughs> who can lend an ear. Um, you're, if you're a socially awkward person, fine, let's go to the museum. Let's work on that. You know, <laughs> yeah. so those are the things that I do with people. And like I said, it's not just males, females also. Um, but it's been life-changing for a lot of people who have gone through the program. They have been able to see themselves in a way that they did not think was possible, like to even see themselves as desirable or attractive even. Like, that's amazing. Do you know what that does to someone, you know? Yes. Like, you, of course you do know what it does but when no, you feel no, good. <laughs> You know, especially as women, like we know body image gets body yeah. image and self-esteem gets pounded in us from the time we're like 10 years old. Yes. Before yes. Puberty. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Know, I had Judy Bloom telling me what I was supposed to look like just from words on pages. 
Yeah, seriously. And what, like what my blood flow was supposed to be like and how my parents were supposed to react and so on and so on. And I'm telling you, I remember when I was in uh, 10, 11, 12, I worshiped that woman in her books until I realized what was actually being said. But anyway, that's another podcast too. <laughs> oh, wow. We've got such a series coming. We're going to end up having our own new podcast coming. Seriously, using psilocybin to rewrite, like, you know, everything that's been ingrained in you. Yeah. I mean, it's just so freeing. It's so liberating. And you realize even little details like that that like words on a page that you thought were just fiction and you were hoping to just get a good grade by reading a book and reporting back on it that it influenced your whole way of thinking yes it's ingraining it and indoctrinating absolutely absolutely and I happen to be a um, Haitian goddess who grew up in an affluent Caucasian area And I think back and I have been able to just give myself a hug and forgive myself because it's no wonder that I turned out the way that I did. Our environment plays into it. (laughs) And I hate to say it like that, but that's literally what I thought to myself when I decided it was time for me to forgive myself. I was like, it's no wonder, sis. It's no wonder you turned out to be the way that you were. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> you had no support from anyone, you know, and then the one black woman that was your example was 60 something years old, because I also was a statistic and had, had the honor of being raised by my great grandmother, you know, <laughs> so that's, you know, a whole nother podcast as well. <laughs> You're speaking so many truths, so many of our realities so many mm-hmm. of our lived experiences and then yeah. unpacking later unpacking how we're programmed and and then you know deprogramming ourselves is important because so much of what was fed into us ended up killing our confidence when you mm-hmm. think about it yeah. especially as black women in a public school system so mm-hmm. much right yeah yeah just to um Another question I want to ask you, what's a question or myth about psilocybin or psilocybin therapy that you wish you could break or dispel right now? Um, uh, there's two and they kind of go hand in hand. <laughs> um, so the first is that, you know, you're going to look in the mirror and your skin is going to be melting off, you know, and you've heard people report back on experiences like that from using psilocybin. Um, And that's just not true (laughs) for starters. Um, And I guess the second one, which kind of goes hand in hand with the first is that people who regularly use psilocybin, um, uh, as medication that we are somehow out of touch with reality. Um, it's actually the complete opposite. Um, psilocybin helps you deal with reality. <laughs> not escaping it. You're not, yeah, escaping. not escaping it. Um, You're processing it. Yes. Our human selves, like we put blinders on and that's why we're so sick because we're not dealing with life and consequences. Um, you know, we're not dealing with what's natural and organic and what's supposed to happen, you know, natural selection, 
Like, (laughs) you know, Johnny doesn't want to be your friend today. Okay, they're there now. Here's a piece of cake. Like, we're not, you know, we're not handling things properly. And we're not dealing with consequences of our actions properly, whether they're good or bad. So now we become adults. (laughs) That don't manage it. That don't manage things. Exactly. So again, the only thing I can do is live by example of how I'm not letting bother me. (laughs) I'm just living the life and loving it. And one, and one of the things I attribute to my, um, sanity is for sure psilocybin, um, but also the ability to grow it myself. Um, has been so cathartic and therapeutic. And I just um, kind of being forced into having to grow it myself. um, I just discovered so much about it and have a newfound appreciation for its properties. I love that. And I'm looking forward to you teaching us in the future on how to grow. That's going to be the next step. It is. Yes. Get your fingertips ready. (laughs) Dirty fingernails. Here they come. (laughs) Magic wands ready. I like to call them. (laughs) Thinking ahead, thinking further, future, future ahead, whenever that is, do you think whenever psilocybin is eventually legalized in some form for either adult or therapeutic use, that the industry will face the same negative stigmas that we do as cannabis users? Yes, uh, because already, um, even it, it's, it's, first of all, you've got to get everybody on board with how they present their usage of psilocybin. And the only thing that the only word that comes to mind that I think anyone can really understand is authenticity. Yeah. Like you have so many people who are out here using it recreationally and they're discrediting all of the research that we all have done, whether you're a doctor or a regular um, person like me who just advocates for equality um, in, in the, um, in the arena. Right. Um, I just, I just wish it would be more, I wish it would be presented in a more authentic way and people would just be a little more sensitive to others who believe in it. Mm-hmm. It should be treated like as sensitively as religion is treated, you know, the topic um, of self-medicating. We should have that right and we shouldn't be ridiculed. Um, we know what's best for our bodies and our minds. I completely agree. So thank you for sharing that. Um, could you describe for me some of the barriers or obstacles you've had to overcome to advocate for psilocybin therapy? I'd say the main thing is just, um, I guess the main obstacle is being believed. (laughs) And that's just the plight of the typical black woman, right? Right. (laughs) In general. Mm-hmm. Um, we always have but, to be proving ourselves and, and, and validating with corroborating. It's so true. Yes. And then everybody wonders why we are the way we are. Well, guess what? It's because of that. And so psilocybin helps me combat that. But again, it's um, the main hurdle is being believed. Um, and, you know, it's also access for just in general, it's access. Um, 
it's it's like psilocybin mushrooms yes they grow um easily um but in controlled environments they don't (laughs) right right so um you literally have to kind of be an expert and so I just want the, so the, the getting the information has been difficult um, for a lot of people. So my goal is to just make sure that I can get the information out to people in um, the easiest form and way possible. So that I work on that now. It's kind of like an, an all day, everyday project. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, like a lifetime project. Definitely. You mentioned before that you started growing. Is that because of the cost? Is access to quality product an issue? Yes. So it it was cost and access to quality and not so much quality, but just um, being able to trust what I was putting into my body. And I wanted to experiment with different mushroom types because, again, it really... Uh, yes, I've been able to um, harness the power of my mind to heal. Now, what if I was able to harness the power of mushrooms to help my mind excel? Right. So that was important for me to try different types of mushrooms because I have always wanted to improve my cognitive function. I have had ADD and all different kinds of things that have prevented me from really finding the focus that I need and um, that I know I have within me. So I'm like, okay, well, I've come across lion's mane, which yes, yes, we talked about. (laughs) I've heard good things about lion's mane. And so, you know, it's not just the, um, psychedelic mushrooms that I am reaching for on the daily. I mean, I consume mushrooms all day long for different reasons. There's, there's mushrooms for beauty. There's mushrooms for overall internal health of your um, internal organs and so on and so on. So um, this is kind of like what I um, eat, sleep, breathe (laughs) this every day. And um, there's ways that you can leverage your microdosing to, Um, help in other areas of your life with mushrooms. It doesn't just have to be about healing trauma. That's where it started for me. But when I realized that mushrooms are just amazing, (laughs) I'm like, well, let me keep going with this. (laughs) I hear you. And that makes perfect sense. So thank you for that. Sure. I would, um, one other thing I'd ask you is, do you think using cannabis and psilocybin collectively can help build strong connections between black women and black men in our community? Yes. And this is a theory that I'm sure you and I will help each other and our circles explore. Yes. (laughs) Because um, this is something that I am actively trying to get people to see that women and men in general, can have conversations, we can be social, we can also have platonic relationships, and they can be healthy. And we can have relationships, especially in the um, Black community or, you know, in the minority community, um, that we can have healthy relationships that will heal and conversations that will heal. 
Um, and we can show each other love as brothers and sisters, truly, because I'm sick and tired of being disrespected, but I'm also sick and tired of watching the men that do respect me disrespect other women. Right, right. It's unacceptable yeah. all around. <laughs> and um, we are sometimes so grateful for the attention um, and support that we get versus what we need right. um, that we don't speak up for other people when we should. Yeah. We don't speak up for ourselves. Of course, we're not going to speak up for other people, you know? So we need to be out of that habit and we need to be um, commanding <laughs> our respect and that our needs be met period. And I believe that psilocybin, um, uh, cannabis, um, the whole communities, they've come together and that we can kind of bridge some gaps and, 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 and mend relationships. <laughs> mend and heal. Wouldn't yeah. everything be so much better if we could mend and heal? Yes. And destigmatize. <laughs> oh, we have to, because nobody will, so many are resistant to touch it because of the stigma. So we have to de destigmatize it in order for people to be willing to even do it. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. We have to destigmatize therapy. We've got to destigmatize healing. Like there's so yeah. much that we don't make a priority that we have to change our thinking and make it culturally acceptable to do these things, to help ourselves making self self-medication, like you said, self-therapy, seeking therapy. Yeah. Um, knowing we deserve it rather than waiting until we're at a crisis point to seek it. Yes. And we don't always have to be on point. Right. You know, um, actually one of our sisters, Courtney, she reminded me of that the other day. She was, um, she, I apologized for something and she was like, what? <laughs> she was like, um, that was amazing. X, Y, Z. And I was just like, oh, sigh, you know, there I go again, apologizing for my greatness. Like, you know, <laughs> like we just need to recognize that we are magical and we're amazing. And we're just trying to reach that place where, where we're actually just comfortable with it. Yes. You know? The, yeah. the strength that we show, we're, we're told we shouldn't be proud of it, you know, and I just, I don't agree with it. And, and the wrong people are telling us these things, you know, <laughs> our own people, yes, <laughs> our own people are telling us these, yes. there's so there much on, on you. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so I just feel like if we could all come together with psilocybin, um, and everything isn't rainbows and butterflies. And please don't understand, don't think that I mean that. But I think that if enough of us can live by example um, and just kind of keep on doing what we're doing and, you know, protecting our energies and using it for um, good. <laughs> using our powers for good. Yes, because we we're superheroes. We have we have superpowers and we need to develop them and be proud of them and know that we all have a place in like the ecosystem. Like there's a reason for all of us. And, you know, my job isn't the same as yours, but we are supposed to be working in synergy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Switching gears. If mm -hmm. someone were to gift you with an ounce of your absolutely favorite cultivar, 
what strain would it be? What cannabis strain would it be? Because it's an ounce. Unless you want to also tell me what ounce of psilocybin also would be. <laughs> what would you do with it and, and set the stage with us? What would you do with this ounce and what strain? Okay. So I'm probably going to say either Gorilla Glue or Blue Dream. And here's why. And, and I'm going for the cannabis. I'm going for the cannabis. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. So you get where I'm going with this. It's just one blue dream. And, and same with Gorilla Glue. They both are just like, they're perfect strains. Like <laughs> they are, they are. Yeah. on the spectrum of, you know, especially when we're talking um, like designer strains and, um, you know, uh, uh, for cross cultiv cultivated strains, um, they're really like perfect strains. Um, in my opinion. And I also, um, I, I enjoy them whether I'm infusing them with food or oh. if I'm smoking them. Um, so that's where I'm going with this. <laughs> I would probably infuse half of it and make some of my favorite meals and snacks. And then I'd sit on the rooftop and smoke the rest of it. <laughs> Listen, you are singing all the right things to me. So I love it. I love it. Thank you. What's coming next for Alea Alchemy? Well, I have been a busy lady lately. I am holding several workshops in my area. I'm in the New, New York City metro area. And so, um, you know, things are starting to open up again. So I'm doing a lot of um, informational workshops, um, working with some wellness professionals to um, educate their client base on how um, psilocybin can be beneficial for their wellness, health and routines. Um, and then also just um, hosting my own um, informational sessions, having people um, learn how to grow, um, you know, concoctions to make, um, how to cook with psilocybin and some cannabis stuff. But um, and then uh, hosting some private events, um, cannabis related and tobacco related events. I mean, uh, my ancestors have really gotten me into this and I'm making them proud and I'm bringing people together. Absolutely. Over these things. And you did say you're in Jersey City. So New Jersey's legalization is coming yep. on your doorstep and then literally across the water with New York. Exactly. Yes. And every time I look out at the water, I'm so grateful. And um, honestly, it couldn't have happened to a greater region in the country than this area. And I'm so excited to see all of the other cannabis chefs and psilocybin um, users um, and medicators coming out and supporting each other in this new phase of just the world. I can't wait for it. And I can't wait. I, I'm looking forward to when I can even be on the ground there to see it. So yes, and you will be welcome here. <laughs> you can't keep me away. No, no, no. No. <laughs> no, this is where the magic is. Magical here. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Could you tell our listeners one more time where they can find you on social media, Leah? Yes, absolutely. Um, you can find me on Instagram. That's probably the most consistent place you will find me. Um, and that's at Alea Alchemy, 
A-L-E-J-A dot alchemy, A-L-C-H-E-M-Y, Alea dot alchemy on Instagram. That's the best way to reach me. If you have any questions or if you just want to share your story, I would be more than happy to listen or to answer any questions you might have. Oh, and I highly recommend all of our listeners check you out because you're an amazing individual to connect with. And I'm so appreciative of our time together. Thank you so much, Alea, for talking with me today and for sharing your cannabis and psilocybin journey with our listeners. Stay lifted. Thank you. You've been listening to the Miss Weed Wiki podcast, and we thank you for your support.